Father, we do thank you and praise you for this day. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for this, uh, this, this holiday that we celebrate, um, the coming of the Messiah, that, that Jesus would step out of heaven, become a man, to live a life, uh, Lord, as an example to us, as a picture of who God is, um, perfectly without blemish, so that ultimately he could make a sacrifice with his life. Uh, so that we might have a relationship with you. Uh, Father, we are grateful for this most important gift. Uh, we ask, Lord, that on this day, uh, you would help us to realize the significance of who Christ is. And it's in his holy name we pray. Amen. Luke chapter 2, verse 1. Now in those days, a decree went out from Caesarea Augustus that a census be taken of all the inhabited earth this was the first census taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone was on his way to register for the census, each to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David, in order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child. While they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today, in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And Father, we do thank you and praise you for your word. We thank you for this wonderful historical story. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, reading through that, I was getting distracted. I was thinking about the skit last night when the angel came. I saw Larry in his angel wings sort of saying, behold, <laughs> and uh, they did a great job. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I was a narrator, and so I, I enjoyed that. I freaked out some people by wearing a tie, and uh, that was enjoyable also. Um, so just looking at the story, I'm, I'm, I promised everybody I'd be very quick um, but obviously the worship team didn't believe me. They're like, how quick can we stay on the stage? I'm like, well, how long are you allowed to stay on the stage? They're like, we think we have five to 10 minutes on us. I'm like, I think I could do five to 10 minutes, but they didn't believe me. So, <laughs> but I'm going to try to prove them wrong. Um, so the first three verses we read. Uh, now in those days, it, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all the inhabited earth. So, so the inhabited earth during that time, what, what this means is there were probably people in other parts in the world, but but for, from a biblical perspective, during that area, the, the known world was the Roman Empire. They had conquered all of Europe uh, in, into some part of the Middle East, uh, down into the northern part of Africa. And so that was the known region. And we're told in this passage, continuing in verse 2, that, that this was the first census taken while Quirinius, Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone was on his way to register for the census each for his own city. So the, the census was, a, was sort of a big deal. It was the first one under this leadership. 
And it, it was sort of twofold. The first and foremost reason, it was a way to assess taxes because that's what leaders do. They, they need to fund their military. So they were collecting taxes. They were figuring who is there liable uh, to, to ante up for uh, paying into the government and to funding what they were doing. Uh, the second, it was a military assessment. How many men of fighting age do we have? How do we defend ourselves? How do we keep the Roman Empire going? This is the sort of the historical setting of what these verses say. Moving on to verses 4 through 5, we read Joseph. Now remember, Joseph, we know this is the man who was engaged uh, to Mary. An angel had appeared to Mary, said that the father will come and you'll be with child. Uh, Joseph was a little taken back by this because we all know that women just don't get pregnant by God. There's other ways that that happens. And and so he was sort of taken aback and he wrestled through things. And this angel appeared to him and assured him that God was moving in their lives and that the Messiah would come through Mary, who he was engaged to. And so Joseph then did the honorable thing and he married Mary. And we also we read that Joseph also went up from Galilee, from Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. So back here on a map, this is, I used it from last week. So up north, there's a Sea of Galilee, there's the Dead Sea here, there's the Jordan River that runs up to the Sea of Galilee. There's a shaded region up there, that's the Galilee region, and west of the, the, Galilee, the Sea of Galilee, there's a town called Nazareth, it's where the top of this arrow hits. Um, so 80 miles to the Judea region, just above right here, this is Jerusalem, and Bethlehem is essentially right in that region. It's about 80 miles as the crow flies. So we see that he transits from Nazareth down to Bethlehem, and we're told because he was of the house and family of David in order to register with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child. So this is interesting to me. One of the, one of the first interesting things that sort of I, I notice in this, it's probably not that big of a deal, but here in Mary's womb is the creator of the universe, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, and we see his family submitting to the government that has been placed over him. Um, this, this is sort of kind of a big deal as the story develops because in verse 6 I read, while they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth. So she's pregnant. She's like nine months pregnant. I, I've had four, well, I'm the father of four children. I am, um, I've, I've gotten in a lot of trouble in the last three months because I've referred to my, uh, my, uh, um, my hernia surgery as my C-section, and that's gotten me in a lot of trouble. And then my wife sold me out to the nurses in the hospital before surgery, and that didn't go over well. And so I'm like, I was just joking. It's nervous humor coming out. And, and, uh, and, and so I knew that when, when, we, when Anna was expecting, we didn't really make plans to travel. Like we wanted to kind of keep her sort of buttoned up and safe and, you know, that everything was taken care of. In fact, our, our, you know, our, our dog, Lacey, is, she's pregnant. She's like in whatever day, she's getting close. Within the next week, we're expecting puppies. But our, our, whole, our, our whole lives are sort of on hold because of a pregnant dog. Like seriously, you, when you have a pregnant dog, you don't travel. I mean, if you have a pregnant animal, you sort of, you sort of, hang out and sort of take it easy and watch to be ready if something happens. And a person, now this is Mary, she's traveled 80 months, 80 months, 80 miles 
She's at her ninth month. This is terrible timing for a census. She would have avoided traveling if at all possible. Like if, if I know anything, like, like if I know anything, that's probably I'm setting myself up for failure there. Generally speaking, women in their like 40th week of pregnancy, they don't like traveling 80 miles on a, on a, on a donkey's back is my assessment. Um, it seems to be really inconvenient for Mary and Joseph and all, like for this whole census. And, and it strikes me that in the midst of their inconvenience, God is doing something fascinating. And so often God works in our inconveniences. What was inconvenient for Mary on a whole lot of levels, I mean, this to say getting pregnant by God, like I can, like there's a lot of it. But then the, the more smaller ones traveling 80 miles down to Bethlehem because the government wants a census to be done as she's about to have a baby and she has to go. Um, God is actually fulfilling prophecy. In, in Micah 5.2, an Old Testament, small little book in the Old Testament, um, a little for you guys to memorize Bible prophecy, Micah 5.2 is fulfilled in Matthew 2.5. You sort of flip the numbers. I wrote it up there. It's, um, but, but Micah 5.2 says the Messiah will be born in Bethlehem. And in Matthew 2.5, we read the story that the Messiah was born in Bethlehem. And so this whole inconvenience of them making their way to Bethlehem, God was actually fulfilling one of many, many prophecies that the Messiah would come this way. It's overwhelming. Uh, As I continue to look at the story, where were we? To give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in claws and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. You know, last night, we, like being the narrator and coming to all the play practices, there, there's been one, one scene that, man, John, you're looking great. I'm like, I didn't notice your sweater till just now. That's awesome. I'm about to talk about John, but, but he was Joseph. And there's one scene where he stands there. So we heard it a bunch of times and he's like, you know, being born in a barn, there's no place for a child, let alone the king. And it stinks. Like we all live in, most of us live in Valley Center. We have animals. We know how terrible, like, my chicken coop reeks right now because of all the rain and chicken stuff, you know, and, and, and like, so here Mary is delivering a child in this stable that stinks. My dog even has a place to have a baby. Like, seriously, like my dog has a whelping box ready to go for her to have a baby in, I mean, or puppies. And, and Mary, who has... The Messiah, the, the, the creator of the universe, she doesn't have a place to have a baby. She's out in the barn with the animals delivering. And this is a picture of the great humility of Christ. Philippians 2.5 talks about this attitude that we as his followers are to have of humility. He stepped out of heaven to earth as a human. And he, his life began being born in a stable and dying naked on a cross, basically at a dump. What a picture of humility. The story continues to unfold. In verse 8, In the same region there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over the flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. And the angel said to them, do not be afraid before, behold, I bring you good news and great joy, which will be for all the people for today in the city of David, 
there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. So the story develops as, as Jesus is being born out, there's some shepherd boys or shepherd men. An angel appears to them and the story develops. God is announcing that this child has been born and this Savior, a, a reason for great joy, why we celebrate, why we sing these Christmas carols. It's, it's good to be happy on Christmas. We're celebrating the Savior. And if there's a Savior, that means we're in need of one. 1 Timothy 1.15 says, It is a trustworthy statement deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And Paul goes on to say, Among whom I am the foremost of all. I don't know about you, but I am a great sinner. And I'm so thankful for when I was 22, finally the dots sort of connected and I understood who Jesus was. And Christmas became a thing of a a sort of a feel-good holiday that I enjoyed to something where I was radically transformed over the course of like a couple of years, sort of, sort of connecting the dots and giving my life to him. And so we celebrate today because Jesus, who was God, he didn't come into existence at his birth. He, ex- he existed in eternity past. He is God, the creator. He stepped out of heaven to earth to lead this life as an example, as a demonstra- demonstration, a display of who God is to ultimately die on the cross so that we might have life. And when we have this life, we have joy. And so in closing, if you haven't received this gift, I would encourage you to really explore, examine. It's simply believing. And once you believe, we're told that we're sealed by the Spirit. We're secure. We have fellowship with God. We're no longer separated by our sin with Him. Our Savior has come and restored this relationship. And for those of you who have received, we have so much to sing, or see, we have so much to celebrate about through singing. And so I'm gonna close in prayer. The worship team's gonna come up. We're gonna sing five songs. The worship team could have stayed up here. I told you guys. But we can stand. So let's stand. The worship team's gonna come up. I'll pray, and then we'll have a time of singing. Uh, Father, we do thank you and praise you for Christmas. We, we thank you for this holiday in which we reflect upon the incarnation of Christ. Father, we thank you for this life that we have in him. Father, we ask that you'd bless our days. We celebrate uh, the birth of Christ with our friends, with our family, with our church family. Lord, we are grateful for all that you have done and are doing in our lives. And it's in Christ's holy name we pray. Amen.